Welcome to the Hypnotic Comic Live Show. Finding that entertainment without meaning isn't cutting it anymore? Do you want to feel deeply connected yet lifted up into the heights of laughter? You found that place where comedy meets the full expansion of life's possibilities. Now, for your hypnotically comical host, Jenna. Grayson! Yeah. Hi, everybody. It's Jenna. Thanks so much for joining this show. You are listening to the Hypnotic Comic Live show. We're coming to you live every week, uh, Monday at noon Pacific Standard Time. And if you're not able to listen live, we are rebroadcast on iTunes and Google Play, and we can be found on iHeartRadio and about 17 other other places internationally. So we are up and we are rolling and we are growing and expanding. It's so cool. And um, so much thanks out to all the listeners and um, to my guest today is really amazing. Before I go into my guest, I'm going to also thank, put a shout out and thanks to Doug and Don, our radio producers um, of BBS Radio. And uh, I'm going to do a little self-plug here. May as well promote myself. Um, This Friday, January 18th at 7 p.m., I will be performing stand-up comedy at the Comedy Store in Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard, like a bala. Um, so I have to laugh at myself because I, I don't know if I deserve to do this, but I'm doing it anyway. And, uh, it's been so much fun and been such a huge stretch of my sense of self and capacity and, uh, seems to be working. So if you want to come out and have some laughs or guaranteed laughs, you will get your money back at the end of the night and, uh, <laughs> nobody will spit in your food. Our guest coughing on the line with us today is Miss Jackie Lalita. Jackie is a really gorgeous soul and human being, and I'm super grateful to have her on the show. Let me give you a little bio about Jackie. Um, Jackie is a mythical storyteller who travels the world teaching traditional dances of the Middle East and devotional dance as a path of healing. Her love affair with ethnic culture and sacred movement has led her to many faraway lands to share the sublime beauty of ancient and modern dances, modern dances with women from all walks of life. Jackie leads rejuvenating retreats and immersions in gorgeous international destinations, and she is passionate about reawakening the feminine mysteries and inspiring people to deepen their connection to the living earth. She is the author of two books of poetry and Jackie, called Romancing the Divine and The Rebirth of Venus. And Jackie is also a longtime herbalist, chocolatier, and natural living enthusiast, offering online workshops on wellness, empowering women to be their own healers. Welcome, Miss Jackie Lolita. <laughs> 
you. Hi, everyone. So good to be here. Oh, hi, Jackie. Thank just you so like, much for joining us. When you said, when you, I just want to say, when you said you don't know if you're, if you deserve to do this with your comedy, I'm like, she so deserves it. You're one of the funniest people ever. Oh, Jackie. <laughs> Thank you so much. Jackie is um, a personal friend of mine. She used to be my my next door neighbor, actually. So. Um, uh, we know each other pretty well, and while we're promoting each other, and thank you for those really kind words, Jackie. Um, Jackie is really an extraordinary human being, and I think if you want to meet really extraordinary human beings, it's a good idea to live in L.A. Um, because it attracts really exceptional people, and it attracts, you know, there's also every level of kind of humanity. But Jackie is the kind of person where you're like, what is going on in my life that this woman is my friend? She's (laughs) such an exceptional dancer, and I will be glad to say makes the best chocolate I've ever had in my my life. And, girl, I lived in Switzerland, so I'm I'm an expert. That makes me an expert. Jenna would she lived next door, so she would come over, and I would I would be shimmying as I'm making chocolate, and she saw all the magic ingredients of love and and joy and laughter being poured into the chocolate. And that's what I'm determined still to this day. That's why they're so damn good. They're so good. <laughs> so good. So you teach people though. You teach people some of your secrets, right? Yeah. Well, what happened? I've been making chocolate for so long. Goodness a long time and so people were always asking oh why didn't you sell these why don't you have a line in the stores and I did I think going into food production you know hasn't been just hasn't called to me because I'm doing all these other things so I decided well teach people how to make their own chocolate and then kind of empower people to make their own delicious treats at home because I love helping helping people see that healthy living organic living eating vegan all these things can actually be super delicious and scrumptious so I started teaching workshops on it years ago and they've been right. a hit and, um, so yeah I do that and, and host these lovely cacao ceremonies and just bring people into the magic of chocolate and the actual spirit of cacao and what a what a generous spirit it is to to work with when you want to invoke more joy in your life Oh, wow. That's amazing. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because you're talking about such gorgeous things that I know that for you, it's like in your blood. It's like in your nature. It's who you are. It's like who you were before you even incarnated into this beautiful being. But when you talk about the spirit of cacao and the ceremony um, and the, the magic, what is that? Can you be a little bit more specific? Like, how can we experience that if people are going around eating Hershey bars or Mars bars like what are you talking about well everything in nature every plant every tree you know there is a life force there's Mm -hmm. there's I believe there's a spirit you know and so when we when we take a lot of us maybe we're taking herbs or drinking our herbal tea but you know like at the at the very essence those herbs come from plants that sprouted out of the belly of mother earth and there is a divine intelligence and each different plant has within it its own medicine you know i really believe yeah. and i'm an herbalist and i believe the plants of our world they're medicine and um and cacao is no different you know it, it comes it grows on a tree and then cacao is a beautiful teacher plants you know we we can learn from these plants because they some of these plants can actually teach us lessons and and one of the lessons of 
cacao is joy. And I, I know mm. so many of you out there probably have experienced like craving chocolate and eating a really good piece of chocolate and just feeling that happiness or just feeling that subtle wave of presence and uh, just appreciation for life wash over you. It's like chocolate kind of just brings us right into the present moment or anything that sounds oh delicious. Oh it's goodness, it's beautiful. It totally does. Oh, I know what you mean. It's and like, you know, it's totally. so it's so it's romantic in a sense. Yeah, it's so yeah. great. It's very romantic. It's one of, it's one of the most loved foods on the planet. It's one of one of the greatest aphrodisiacs on the planet. And on a physiological level, cacao in its natural state. So this is we're talking about chocolate that has been, you know, unadulterated cacao in its living essence. It it is actually an incredible food for releasing feel-good endorphins inside of us. Things like serotonin and dopamine and nandamide, otherwise known as the bliss molecule. And so we are having a real experience of having this, this rush of feel-good endorphins run through us. And so, yeah, it's a beautiful heart opener. Uh, cacao ceremonies have gotten really popular. And actually, it's an ancient tradition from the Mayan lineage where right. they would drink this thick ceremonial chocolate drink, you know, with mm. spices and and they would use it as a means of meditation because it can bring you into your heart. It's very heart opening. Oh, and so uh-huh. there's been a revival of cacao ceremony sort of in the new agey world. And uh, and for a while I sort of, you know, I I just shied away from it because I wasn't totally sure how uh, if it was really honoring the tradition. And I realized, you know, you know, it's sitting with this in this beautiful way. It's sort of like I love bringing the ancient knowledge into the modern world now because it's mm-hmm. so helpful for helping ignite consciousness. And sitting with this chocolate in this way, it's just very healing. It's very, I know it's probably so sounds great. wild. But... <laughs> it's so great. I love it. I'm like, I'm in love with this woman right now. It's so beautiful. It's so well expressed. So thank you so much. Do you know if it has um, specific effects on the brain? Because you're talking about how it's a heart opener. And then I'm also wondering yeah. if it's a meditation um, tool that it must be balancing or harmonizing or something like that. It's very great for focus. Yeah, focus and clarity. Uh-huh. And also it's very synergistic and kind of alchemical with other herbs. Like I just made... Uh, an elixir with cacao and some different adaptogenic herbs in it, and you blend it all up mm. with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of like coconut cream or something, and it's just it's so great. Then you can just like sit down and focus, and yeah. So and you, know, you always ha- you. I just want to say as a as a as a person who knows you, you always have this really clear, bright energized, oh. like dancing, shimmying, shimmering energy. So this girl, she knows what she's do doing. Have... She's the she's the living embodiment of the word she's speaking. And you can feel it as oh. she's talking. Yeah. <laughs> so true. It's so true. Um, was there something else that you wanted to say about the chocolate? No, I was just saying, you know, if we're, if we're working with just straight up cacao, you know, and not something like you mentioned, like Hershey's bars or whatever, there's different strains of of cacao and not all are created equal. And we really want to know where we're getting our chocolate and make sure it's being ethically sourced. And because 
there's there's a lot of the chocolate that comes from places that it's not, you know, the, the wages aren't right and all that. And so we want to uh, work with cacao in a way that it's honoring the lands that it came from and the people who tend to the cacao trees and all of that. So okay. that's so all I really all... wanted to just add that little footnote to it. <laughs> yes. So can we access those kinds of experiences through Hershey's and Mars bars? I don't, I don't know. I mean, my childhood, I think that kind of chocolate just sent me into like the like <laughs> Nintendo playing stupor. <laughs> I, know. I, know. I don't remember right, accessing transcendent states. <laughs> okay, good. So we're talking transcendent states. That's some of my most uh, favorite <laughs> subjects to have to talk about. And yeah, let's go into that. So in, in terms of transcendent states, like, I, I think that's something that you also are working with in terms of dancing and teaching to dance, people, teaching people, women specifically to dance and your poetry um, and the healing work. So let's pick at least one of those. Let's start with the dance because I feel like that's what you're most well known for um, and sort of your biggest, brightest, most visible on social media and, and uh, mm-hmm. other formats and your retreats and workshops and things. So what, what, is, what is the relationship between belly dancing for you and transcendent states? Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that I discovered I have been a dancer my whole life, and then I just sauntered into a belly dance class in college. And from the moment that I heard this music, I can remember just like, Oh, being swept away into some ancient, ancient yeah. place. And, you know, it's just like this, this remembrance somewhere within myself. And I felt like I need to learn as much as I can about this. And I really just dove full in, you know, and it's just such a yes mm-hmm. in every cell of your body. And mm-hmm. then I went to Egypt because that's like the motherland for belly dance. So I wanted to go back to the roots of it. And it was mm-hmm. there in that land on that first trip that there's just some kind of transmission that happened there something was like in the air was in the the smell of like frankincense and myrrh and I just I really connected to some old lineage of of women you know across time and space who have danced in celebration of life and used the practice of movement and embodiment to touch the divine and to know themselves on that deep level and so that's really been the way that I share this dance, you know, is using it as a vehicle for women to come into deeper relationship with themselves, right relationship with their body, and just connection to all the unseen, invisible. And, and then that also led me to Sufi whirling, which is, you know, beautiful practice in that lineage of Rumi where we, we turn, you know, in that practice of if anybody's ever seen the whirling dervishes, this is what I'm talking about. And, you know, it's an extremely transcendent dance because in order to keep spinning and spinning, sometimes for hours even, you know, without getting dizzy and going beyond the self-imposed limitations of our mind that tell us, like, we're going to fall, we're going to get dizzy, you really do have to enter this this state of just such sublime presence. And I think that kind of lends itself to transcendent states. So, yeah, for me also, just dancing in nature, going out into nature. And when I was first, when I was pretty early on my belly dance path, 
and everything was clicking in. It's like learning a language with anything. It's the same thing for anyone who's ever picked up a guitar. You know, you, you start learning and it's a little bit rocky. And then at one point something clicks in and it's just, it starts moving through you. You know, it's like, for me, it's like, I remember that feeling when I was first like being danced where I was no longer thinking about these movements that I was going to do. And I was out at this hot springs place in the desert in Arizona and the sun was setting and nobody was around. And um, I just had my bare feet on the earth and something just came through. And it was like, God, mm-hmm. from that place is where I want to dance, where it's just the, the life force is just moving through me. Oh, wow. That's it. That is just it. (laughs) And as you describe it so poetically and gorgeously, it's like we can begin to feel it and move there with you and recognize how all these different aspects of the work that you're offering in service to the world, how they come together. And I feel like that's, you know, the essence and what you're talking about there kind of weaves through all these different Mm. pieces and, and you can see the whole, the holisticness of it essentially. You know, the, the the way that the belly dancing meets the poetry, meets the um, transcendent states and the spirit of the chocolate yep. and the healing it's and the women. It's like every every bit of art that we're making, whatever form it takes, it's like, for me, it's ultimately about expressing just the beauty of being alive and the miracle mm. of creation. It's like, how can I, as an emanation of creation, express it all through me and that and it doesn't mean just the joy it's like taking all of that you know taking yeah. taking whatever you're working with in life and using that as a way to channel through belly dance has a really old history an ancient history you know that many believe started as a childbirth ritual and women would practice these movements as a way of cultivating fertility and that's not just physical fertility uh-huh. but creative fertility we give birth in so many ways in a lifetime you know, right. we give birth to new ideas, to creativity. So, yeah, I feel like that history, that rich history of it, um, just it's such a beautiful, timeless practice to share with women across the ages. That's awesome. And you have a strong interest in, well, as well, in specifically in empowering women and working with women, teaching them to dance, teaching us to move and feel and find our sensuality and our inner connection to nature and our own nature and the deliciousness of being in these feminine bodies. Where do you think that comes from? Like, why, why is it women or what, what is that for you? What, what's that drive for you to, to share that specifically with women? Uh, well, I think we just all have our different unique callings, you know, and um, this is just sort of the way that it's opened up because sharing dance is just such a healing thing for women. So I began, you know, in my early 20s, mid-20s, sharing this dance. And so it was like I was naturally just gathering women together. And then it kind of, as I was walking deeper on a a path of studying shamanism, you know, and ritual. It, it's opened up into then hosting rituals and things like this for women and really seeing that this was needed, you know, for women to come together and feel safe and feel seen and heard. And that being said, I also, you know, I work with men as well in my ways. Like I'm, I'm definitely not exclusive that it's only for women. But, yeah, okay. there's something about helping a woman feel safe in her 
in her feminine energy and her sensuality because there has been this rampant disconnection from that, you know, yeah. where it's like we've been kind of told that sensuality is is a is a something to be ashamed of. And so I'm really passionate about helping to heal that wound. Yeah. You really come out in a very um bold and courageous way in your social media platforms and I'm a, a very happy and grateful follower of yours on Instagram and you really oh. have such gorgeous <laughs> you have such gorgeous posts and like you're you know, you can be wearing some kind of skimpy things and I know you've told me before that sometimes men in particular will get the wrong idea or you know make comments about like ooh sexy mama you know and you're like yeah it's sexy but that's not the point so can you talk a little bit about that like the misunderstanding or or like that gray area of what is the difference between sexuality and sensuality and where do they come together yes great question <laughs> i mm. love this topic because as i'm talking about helping women you know feel safe to be in their sensual expression and to be in their feminine energy it's important that 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 that's not misconstrued by the masculine and that when when we are in our sensual energy that it's not automatically seen as a, an invitation you know and so that does happen where i will because i will create art you know that i think for me it doesn't seem like anything it's just it's just a woman a woman and her relationship with nature but yeah, right. sometimes men are like, you know, there's all kinds of uh, stalkers and such. And and I'm not going to let that silence my voice and my, mm. like, authentic creative expression. And so mm-hmm. I think really just understanding that sensuality does not necessarily mean sexuality. Sensuality is really just experiencing life through the senses, you know, mm-hmm. all of our senses and, and our connection to the natural world. And sexuality is, I also feel nothing to be ashamed of, but to automatically assume that because a woman is in her sensual embodiment that she's putting out sexual energy is definitely an assumption to make, you know? Yeah, Yeah. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that distinction that you live in. And I still feel like personally, I'm trying to figure that out. So I'd like to ask you a little bit more about it, because I'm also like listening to you right now and learning because I can feel into the places you're talking where it's like, I love how sensual you are. And I love the realm of my own senses. I love feeling delicious in my body, eating delicious foods touching really beautiful textures and the sounds and the movements of, you know, dance and enjoying my own pleasure um, is a wonderful thing. But being, but being out in the world with that is another thing, you know, like to walk around with my sensuality on sort of display for me personally, I would say feels very vulnerable because I get, I can feel the energy coming to me as if, as it's being received, as you said, as an invitation. And I am not right. wanting to invite that kind of energy or attention to me. I, you know, it's more wanting to be in the experience for myself. It's good if people can enjoy it, but I, I don't know how to deal with that thought of someone, you know, could come after me and try to take something that they thought I was inviting. Um, uh, and how do you right. deal with that? 
Yeah. Well, it's so I funny because I don't even feel like I deal with it. I don't even really feel like it's anything to deal with because I, I think right. I just have really strong, clear boundaries. And mm-hmm. honestly, like so much of the path of an artist is like just create and how it's received by others is like, I feel it's like kind of none of my business, you know, like okay. I'm not really worried about how it's going to be perceived by others. One of the most liberating things for right. me that set me free as an artist is just letting go of caring about what other people, how they're going to, because that actually was what can stifle, you know, the creative Absolutely. voice so much. How, what will others think? How will others react? And like, if you can get into that place where that's none of your business, that being said, I don't, yeah. you know, like I am a teacher of sensual embodiment. So it's part of my mm-hmm. medicine. I don't necessarily think that everybody, it's everybody's medicine to walk around being that embodiment of sensuality it's like if it's authentic to you and whatever is your authentic voice and your authentic expression will feel so true to you that you really can keep it to yourself because that's your truth that you're here to share with the world so it's just like erupts from the depths of your being and then if you have that feeling of what you you're just it's who you are and it's what you share then you don't need to worry about how it's received or perceived because really our role, we have, we have work to do in this life, you know, and precious Mm -hmm. moments with our loved ones to cherish. And we don't need to waste a moment worrying about how others are thinking about us, you know? Right. Absolutely. And I am absolutely in agreement with that. And that's definitely been something that I've become aware with doing stand up comedy that I, absolutely have to let that go. And that's, you know, definitely part of the journey of standing in front of a crowd of people and, you know, hoping that they'll laugh at what you are saying and recognizing that they may not. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And yeah, so I love how you said to let go of um, it in the sense of what you think of me is none of my business. It's such an empowered, empowering statement. I mean, I'll get messages from guys like if I put up, you know, it's pretty much guaranteed, but I don't, I don't even feed into it. You either, I don't even Mm. open them or you just, it's just doesn't matter because for all of that, there's somebody that's like, Oh my goodness. Like, thank you so much. I feel, I felt so disconnected from my body. I felt so ashamed of my body. And now I feel Mm. whatever. It's like, think about the people that you can inspire and the ones Mm -hmm. who are going to try to misconstrue things. It's like, whatever, that's their trip. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the women, the women who, that's beautiful. The women who do come to you and want to work with you and go on these retreats and do the workshops and classes with you, do you find that they are carrying a lot of shame about their body? Is that pretty common? Uh, there's, I mean, I'd say there's a mix. I'd say in general, there's a lot of, yeah, there's, there's a lot of work to do in like the sacral chakra area where we do hold you know, and like women have a lot of issues with their bellies as a common thing to be self-loathing their belly or their belly's like to this mm. or not that. And and then that's mm-hmm. also the place where things like sexual trauma, guilt, shame, all of that gets stored. Mm-hmm. And ironically, it's also the home of our creative life force, our Shakti, that primordial life force energy. And so we do want to do whatever we can to make sure that we liberate ourselves from whatever kind of guilt and shame that we're holding. It doesn't mean everyone has to go run around being like fully audacious in their sensual expression, but to just have like a place of right relationship where you're not ashamed of 
being sensual and having like true intimacy with your lover, things like this, you know? So yeah, Mm. belly dance can be a very healing practice for that. My God, you're so beautiful. You speak so poetically. I really appreciate that. Um, there's so many things in there that I'm like, can we talk about that? Can we talk about that? Let's talk about that. Um, you're talking about the, you know, the the place in our sacral chakra and like just beneath the belly button in that place yeah. where basically where our womb is inside the body um, that as women we carry can be carrying trauma. Do you think it's possible that even if a woman has an experience direct sexual or another kind of trauma to their creation or their body that we can be kind of picking each other's up sort of in, intuitively or, you know, well, I definitely think we all connected it. And for, we are, we are, when we, when I host these women's circles or these moon rituals and things, and we have that chance to speak and be witnessed by each other, there's such yeah. a commonality, you know, it's like we sometimes think, our problems or our challenges and struggles are so our own. But then when you come together and you hear each other, it's like, we are so all in this together. We're all moving mm. through. It's like, it might take different shape, but they're similar. They're similar challenges. And so there is for 1000% yeah. that collective consciousness energy. And, and yes. there's some, you know, wounds to the feminine that exist. And, and I think uh, as there's that, you know, saying as like one person heals, it helps us all heal. And I feel that very true for women. And that's mm-hmm. part of my passion is like, okay, as many women as I can help, then it's good for just, just like the feminine in general. Totally. Totally. I absolutely agree. And I can hear as you're saying that, and certainly believe that as we're healing our bodies and healing our consciousness, our relationship to ourselves and each other as women, there's a, there is a real collective evolution that also really serves men too. It's not like the men are left out because they of course benefit from us enjoying our sensuality, our femininity and feeling safe in our bodies and sharing that. Oh, it's right. I mean, that's the thing. Even if, even if we're doing work with women, it is completely beneficial to the masculine because yeah, yeah. And men, men need us women to be rooted in ourself and our wisdom and our truth and, and really just serve who we are and able to overflow that love. And so, yeah, it's absolutely, we're all doing this work together. That's right. That's right. And then also I want to ask, you know, so there's the, there's a woman's relationship to herself, her own body, her own femininity. And then there's the relationship between the woman and the man who she's sharing that with or chooses to share that with. And then what do you see as for the sort of collective humanity, like a global perspective of our consciousness evolving through the healing of the feminine? Like, what do you see? What's the benefit for the planet? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. A great. Well, I think right now there is this reawakening of the feminine energies. I mean, how how much yeah. do we now hear the divine feminine, sacred feminine, goddess, all these words that have become mm-hmm. so popular and there's so much women's work going on and and I think it's actually really important because we're coming out of a time that has been so you know, the patriarch, it's been so masculine ruled. And the issue with that is that we lose touch a bit with our, with things like our intuition and our connection to nature, our respect for the natural world, 
And so women coming back in that kind of matriarchal, just loving, kind, benevolent energy reemerging on the planet and ushering in this, this wave of gentleness and compassion, I don't even think it's optional right now. I think it has to happen because we cannot continue down the same road, you know, of wars and us and them and separation and power control things and having having the 1% yield all the power over the 99, you know? So I think that there's an important key that has to do with these ancient feminine mysteries of what does it look like for women to rise up, you know, and come into this place of equanimity between the masculine and feminine. Beautifully said. So beautiful. I appreciate that so much. And something that I hear in that, that I'm always interested in like talking about and getting the word out about is I think so much of where we've gone awry. I mean, I, I guess, you know, there's different theories or different ways of looking at how the patriarchy came to be in such such a domin- place of dominion on the planet. But, you know, even Darwin's teachings, which we have come away from as saying, <clears throat> you know, what really matters is the survival of the fittest that the truth is within Darwin's teachings that he talked about these principles that you're mentioning, Jackie, like compassion and wholeness and cooperation uh, far more times than he ever talked about competition and dominance and overpowering, you know, recognize that the nature of, you know, his, his wisdom was always there. We just chose to either miss it or misinterpret that, that feminine, those feminine qualities or those qualities that we could call feminine um, mm-hmm. are really the ways to promote our survival and our thriving, you know, beyond survival. It's like, how do we mm-hmm. thrive is to, is to listen to the, to, to the intelligence of nature. Like you were talking about with yeah. the spirit of cacao, it's in everything. It's everywhere. Yeah. Nature is always living in harmony with itself, except for when humans think that, you know, we tend to think that we're smarter, we're at the top of the food chain, so we should alter things according to our mindset at the time. Um, But really, it's so much about backing off of that kind of masculine dominant tendencies and coming into that place of harmony and balance that you're talking about within all of us, you know. I'm really looking forward to that and and interested in it. And I I know I've got my homework to do with it, too. And I can feel it sometimes when I'm, like, too much in my masculine. And it makes me so uncomfortable, you know. Mm. But it's also, like, this belief that I'm working with personally, you know, that's, like, I got to make it happen. I got to do it. I got to go out there and hustle. And, you know, and then it's, like, oh, I don't don't want to be you know adorned in my feminine and and rest into it i feel like you're you're really masterful (laughs) it's a balance i mean it's a balance you know if we look to astrology we have different planets that represent different things like mars is that masculine it's will and ambition and drive like direction forward and then venus the feminine you know she's she's resting in that sweetness and so uh, you know, it's not bad to be in the masculine sometimes, but it's okay. just when it goes out of balance and we lose touch with, there's there's that balance of like, fine, of course we want to move energy towards our dreams and show up and do the work and be active participants in life, but there's also a surrendering and uh, allowing the unseen magic 
to to be like wind in our sails as well. Sometimes we can be so busy okay. steering our own ship and like so in that like roar, you know, that it's like we're yeah. kind of we're kind of swimming upstream against the current. And so yeah, yeah. I think it's just finding a balance, and it's natural based on different cycles. You know, we 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 can oscillate. Sometimes you're in one more of one than the other. But I think ultimately bridging and bringing into balance the masculine and feminine qualities within ourselves is is a great spiritual practice. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And you, you talked about the difference between Mars and Venus, and that's been, a, I think, um, you know, a common place where people can recognize the difference in nature of that masculine essence and the feminine essence. And it's like, yeah, that's ex- that's that's all over nature, both on the planet as well as, you know, in the astral realms. I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but in the in the planet, it's like they're big rocks and, and stones and crystals, things on the earth. They also carry a specific charge. Um, and all of that was meant to be a segue to talking about your books. <laughs> oh, wow. <I> guess. <laughs> was, that, was, that, was that surprising? Like, and The Rebirth of Venus. How do I put this in here? So you wrote a book called The Rebirth of Venus, which is really, you know, such a powerful name and beautifully expressed in, in terms of, you know, so much of what we're talking about here and also the essence and the nature of your poetry. And so can you talk a little bit about how poetry came into your life and, like, why the heck does it pour through you so magically? Oh, that's Jackie so Lolita, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to Jackie Lolita. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, I've I've just always loved um, words. I've always loved words. I've uh, from the time I was wrote my first little book when I was just a kid, and oh, wow. uh, I've always just been that's that was my first dance, and and words came in very young, and it was just my way of of connection you know and um storytelling and so i also love to rhyme and i would just write little little dinky poems from you know my mom or whatever when i was a kid make little Mm. poetic greeting cards and then i became an animal rights activist like love animals and Mm. when i was kind of going through my teenage years and so i would write poetry for that and i had a cause that fueled my passion, and so I would, you know, use that uh, as a way of expressing through poems, and so a lot of my poetry then was about that, and then I kind of just fell away. I actually went to college for broadcast journalism, and it was the most non-creative form of writing. It's like, who, what, where, why? No one said anything else, so the poetry just kind of, like, the well dried up a little bit, and I forgot about it, and Mm-hmm. And then years later, I had, um, of course, a, you know, it's always a, some kind of love, right, that stirs the heart. This man <laughs> who I was with, he was just a prolific writer, and we got into writing poetry back and forth to each other. Mm. And that sort of, like, there it is. Oh, there's that thing, you know. It was like we were just uh. being used to each other. But he he kind of lit me back up with it. And then once it got turned back on, it didn't even matter, you know, once that relationship didn't work out. The words were there and oh my gosh, and wow. yeah, it's just uh it's just a sweet way of of being really still and just allowing like whatever wants to write through me to come out. And some of these things I don't even know where they come from. <laughs> right. I know. And that's you know, I have to before I would like to ask you if you would be willing to share a poem, but before we go into that 
I have to take this opportunity that you're giving me to say, first of all, do you believe in past lives? I totally believe in past lives. You do? Yeah, I do too. You know, I'm also a hypnotherapist and part of my training as a hypnotherapist, I probably told you, Jackie, before, is that we learned how to do past life regression. And when I was in school, I became kind of obsessed with it because I thought it was so remarkable and so unbelievably unbelievable and cool. So it became a big part of my path. And and now after having done so many past life regressions, I start to see them in people. And you know, Jackie, that (laughs) I strongly believe and I joke about it with you. And I, of course, I can't know, but I strongly believe that Jackie is the reincarnation of Rumi. Oh, and it's such a, such a I know it's such a big statement to make, but I just I, not, I just want to say I'm not I'm not claiming any of that. I'm, I'm <laughs> not, not going to confirm nor deny. Too big, that's too big a compliment for me to even take on. It's <laughs> I think I think part of it is like I'm trying to flatter myself because I'm like I'm friends with the reincarnation of Remy <laughs> anyway but you know you did say you don't know where it comes from and and when I re- the part of the reason why I say that is because of the feeling you know I'm a very energetically sensitive aware person of that subtle realm and when I read your poetry Jackie I get that feeling of connection and beauty and mysticism that I get reading Rumi's poetry. So I'm just saying, girl, I'm just saying, I don't know, but um, (laughs) maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do another show, another radio show together and I'll put you through a past life regression on the, on the air. Oh, I'm so down for that. Oh Oh my God. All kinds of ancient (laughs) images. I would be so, I would so love to do that with you. Maybe we will do it. The thing is, like, I would have to do, like, a a disclaimer to say we can't guarantee that we're going to take you to a specific lifetime. It's, like, where your soul wants to reveal. It's usually, like, what would be most helpful. I'm 100% on board. Whatever lifetime we want to go, past. You sure, I'm done. <laughs> I've only done past. I've only done past. So, what, what, I mean, actually, no, that's true. I was like, has this future thing slipped in once? And I'm like, no, no, it wasn't a future thing. But I did, I once did a past life regression real quick. I want to tell a very quick story. I once did a past life regression with a medical doctor who wanted to see his lifetime when he was the most spiritual. And what he moved into was being in the fullness of the consciousness of the creator creating the earth. Oh, I love that. It was amazing. Yeah, it was so amazing. It was such a joy. That's gorgeous. Isn't that delicious? Okay, so all of that now, would you be willing to share one of your beautiful Rumi-esque poems with us? Oh, gosh. Does it have to be Rumi-esque or can I just share a poem? Because Rumi-esque, that's like a lot to live up to. All right, let me let me take that out because if that's putting too much pressure on you. This is going to, ladies and gentlemen, this is a public service announcement. This poem is brought to you by Jackie Lolita. Sounds nothing like Rumi, so don't no. get your hopes up. We <laughs> have really low expectations, and I'll be totally... Lower your expectations, everybody. She's just brand new at this. Uh, sure, shall I share something now? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay. You ready? Yeah, let's see. Let me just see what wants to come out. Well, I think since we were talking a lot today about 
the feminine mysteries and and just the awakening of the feminine. This might be a good one. This is um, definitely an oldie. She had two stars for nipples, two wild moons for breasts, and a spiraling galaxy of comets filled in all the rest. Her hair was woven rainbows. Her lips were glistening gold. She was a creature born of stardust, an enigma to behold. Her dress was made of purple petals, her necklace made of bones. In heightened arousal, she meandered the world, moaning in low tones. Her hips swayed like twilight's river, slinking spells across the dusk, impregnating the air with longing for her seductive starry musk. Her voice was sweet as honeydew, floating in on silk, and from her starry nipples, she excreted mystic milk. Her milk carried all the information since the first child ever arrived. Within her DNA, our Akashic records all survived. Come closer for a sip, she beckoned as her followers came near. And one by one, they sipped from the starry nipples of this wild deer. I myself drank from her breast and felt my whole being split in two as the luminous light and love of the heavens at once came pouring through. My bones then turned to shining crystals. My blood became the sea. With every sip of her sweet milk, my heart came bursting free. Until I too returned to Sparta, two moons became my breast, and a spiraling galaxy of comets filled in all the rest. And now I carry mystic milk with double helix information. And myself and every woman alive hold the secrets of creation. Every woman is a starry mystic with hips that hypnotize. Come closer for a sip, she beckons with stardust in her eyes. And here come thirsty men who yearn to sip from our sweet moon giving us the sacred seeds to sow star children in our wombs. With hair woven rainbows, lips of glistening gold, every woman is a stardust creature, an enigma to behold, an enigma to behold. Wow. Wow. Not quite roomy, right? <laughs> no, it totally is, though. Oh, my God. I had it's to like think if came back, had... Rumi came back like super sensual belly dancing. But that's it. Thing. Rumi's not going to just come back as Rumi. He wants to have a new adventure. And like, I just am <laughs> like, okay, listen, people. If you were Rumi, would you or would you not reincarnate as Jackie Lolita? Everybody's in agreement. I, everybody's raising their hand and nodding their head. They're like, "Yep, I." That he would. He would. He would. He would reincarnate as a gorgeous, beautiful, belly dancing, sensual woman. Like, of course, he's going to come back. I mean, it, let's just say for a minute, reincarnation is real. Oh my God! Rumi would come back in a 
in a in a in a gypsy belly dancing world traveling chocolate eating poet who is sensual and divine and connected with all of the elements of nature. I am, am, am I right here, Bimba? Am I right? Am I right? Everybody's nodding their head yes. They're like, you're right, Jenna. <laughs> and I, that's, that's really the point of this whole show is just like to, to prove my point. My point, which is that Jackie Louisa used to be Ruby. And that poem was so gorgeous, Jackie. I like, I really had to mute myself because I was like giddy. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh. like my belly is like, it just tickles me so much. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> oh my God. It was so gorgeous. Thank you so much for sharing it. Where can we find more of your poetry if we want to get a book? Where is a good place to get um, yeah. one of your two poetry I books? I have, have a CD too. It's a beautiful uh, oh, music. Nice. Your, your brother of mine. So I think that's on Bandcamp. It's all on my website actually. If you just go to the poetry link on my website, it links you to a whole page where you can find the books and CD. And, okay, let yeah. me spell that out because your first name especially is um, unusually spelled because you're yeah. an artist. So fancy with her name. <laughs> Jackie, you can go to Jackie's website, JackieLalita.com. It's J-A-C-Q-U-I-L-A-L-I-T-A.com to um, learn more about her poetry books. Also, there's information there about you have an upcoming retreat and workshops. I believe yeah. you have one in Mali. LA. Yeah, we're going to Mali in March. It's going to be full moon and Quinox and incredible beautiful retreat place overlooking the ocean and going really deep into our bodies and dance nature just beautiful healing time together really giving ourselves that time to rejuvenate and reconnect Mm -hmm. and remember Mm -hmm. the truth and the beauty of that which we are letting go Mm -hmm. of that which we are not Oh, how gorgeous are you? And if people, if so, if people want to go on that retreat in Maui in March, they can find out information on the JackieLalita.com, right? Yeah, that's, there's a, if you go on, it'll say retreat link right there that tells you more. Everybody's welcome to reach out to me. Oh, that's amazing. And then, do you also do local stuff? I think you have a workshop in Topanga. Oh, yeah. In Topanga, I do have a four-hour, it's going to be a beautiful day. That's at the end of this month, January 26th. And we'll start out in a real studio in Topanga and go really deep into learning these movements. And then we're going to go the second half out into nature, into a beautiful trail and dance with the elements, dance the sundown. There'll be some really sweet live music. And um, it's a nice, nice introductory if anybody's wanting to just go a little bit deeper and get into get in touch with their sensuality and in tune with their bodies on a deeper level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, beautiful. <laughs> and then what, you've also gone into um, doing retreats. Are you planning to do any retreats this year in Turkey or um, Egypt at all? I know you've done that in the past. That's funny you said that because actually Egypt has been calling, and I, I've been to Egypt and Turkey both four times, and for for a while they haven't been calling, so I just haven't done it. But this it's starting to come back right now, and I was actually entertaining mm-hmm. it. I don't have anything solid, but if anyone's interested, let me know because I'll okay. listen to the call. Deliver. Great. 
Well, I would love I would love that personally. You know, I Oh my gosh, I would love to have you in Egypt. Remember we actually manifested you being in Egypt. When I was moving, I gave That's Jenna right. I had these sphinxes that I had from Egypt. And I That's gave right. Jenna the sphinxes and she had these these sphinxes and she used them to manifest the trip to Egypt. <laughs> I did. I, I borrowed them for that purpose so I could focus on them and, and imagine feeling <laughs> and being in Egypt and it actually worked. So and then we end up meeting up with each other in Turkey. That's true. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! We I'm kind of magically so met. We I'm met up in so Turkey. Yeah. It's so, so funny because we are such powerful creators and creatresses, all of us. And it's That's like right. that intentionality, feeling it, seeing it, knowing what what is possible, and kind of letting go of the how. If we get stuck in the how, is this going to happen? How am I going to do this? But really keeping oh. ourselves focused on yes. on what is like what is our what is most authentic, what feels like our yes, and then allowing that element of, of magic to work through it's all it all ties back into uh, just yeah the power of ourselves and our mindset that's right. that's right that feels very feminine as you're saying that I'm like isn't that our feminine power but at the same time I'm like I know men have just as much access to that kind totally. of realm oh, of magic yeah absolutely I think it's just universal and yeah, um, anybody can access that connection to deeper wisdom, one thousand percent. And then just it's all it's all about our mindset. That's so much of it. Even with healing, the physical body is, you know, making sure that our mind. When I'm working with people with herbalism and holistic health, and and helping people through sometimes some really intense things, it's I always. It's not just the physical remedies and the nutritional things that we're doing but it's really working with the mindset and and staying in that place of positive mindset and of course you know it's not to say like when we when we're angry we feel anger and we're sad we feel sad I believe in feeling it all but not getting stuck there you know coming back to the gratitude coming back to what you're grateful for and even when we're moving through physical challenges it's like I invite my clients to like, okay, what is the, what's the gift of this? Because always there is some gift. And when we get to the other side of that illness or that challenge, mm-hmm. like, then we can really appreciate where, where it brought us, the place that we are now that we wouldn't have come to without that. That's right. Beautifully said. So beautifully said. Thank you so much for that. And I appreciate that opportunity so much. And I feel like there is so much of a call right now on the planet for us all to really come into greater awareness of that, that, you know, that we're all on this healing journey and the earth needs us to heal individually and to come into that greater place of harmony within ourselves, within our interconnectivity and, and the well-being that's there when we get a little more quiet and a little more still and listen to that feminine essence that's moving through all of us and, and guiding us into that place of wholeness and healing. So, oh my God, this has been so delicious. I feel like I ate some of your delicious chocolate and got some <laughs> shimmies. Some shimmies. <laughs> Inshallah. Inshallah. I would love, love, love to. And so um, once again, our beautiful guest, on the Hypnotic Comedy Live show has been the beautiful and very talented Jackie Lalita. And if you would like to get more information about her upcoming retreat in Maui in March or the workshop in L.A., uh, in Topanga more specifically, 
as well as her poetry books, CDs, um, herbalism, and classes in, in creating the best chocolate on the planet, you can go to, <laughs> sincerely, the best chocolate on the planet. Um, you can go to JackieLalita.com, J-A-C-Q-U-I, Lalita, L-A-L-I-T-A.com. And do you have an email where people can reach out to you, Jackie? Uh, yes, it's the same email I've had forever. It's goddessrevival at gmail.com. Oh, goddessrevival at gmail.com. How great is that? So true, so true. And so beautiful and so grateful you shared with us. And um, once again, I am Jenna Grayson, your personal hypnotic comic. And uh, I'll be at the Comedy Store this Friday, January 18th at 7 p.m. The original room. Whoop, whoop. So, I know. I wish you could be there, too. But I know you're going to come to one of my shows eventually. 100%. You like how I just hooked you in there? I'm like, you're going, girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you so much, Jackie, for joining us on the show today. And again, big shout out of thanks out to my show producers, BBS Radio, brother, twin brothers, Doug and Don, who sound like the same person on the phone, but they're actually two people. And th- big thanks to um, BBS Radio and Namid Wolf, who created the song and our intro. And uh, I think that's about it. If you want to find out more information about me, you can go to jennagrayson.com or thehypnoticcomic.com or innerremedies.com, BBS Radio. We're also going to be um, showing or having this program on iTunes. I think I said that already at the beginning, but we'll repeat it again. Um, you can find this and other recordings of, this sh- of these shows there. So thank you so much, Miss Jackie Lalita. I love you. I appreciate you. Deep bows to your soul's journey, and maybe we'll do that show and um, find out where oh, yeah. all of that Sufi whirling has come from, where the truth of your connection to where I'm that down. Sufi connection is from and your connection to the divine in such a glorious and sensual and romantic and poetic way. I'm sticking with my theory, girl, but we'll find out. (laughs) Thank you, honey. Surround yourself with friends who just lift you up and elevate you. So nice talking with you. Thank you, Miss Jackie, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone, so much.